This is the Iowa State Athletics SciCast. Hi everybody, I'm John Walters. Today's SciCast is with new associate head wrestling coach Mike Zadek, who came with Kevin Dresser from a very successful run at Virginia Tech. We'll talk about Mike's responsibilities and expectations for the Iowa State program, and we'll get a feel for his colorful personality. I might even ask a ridiculous question or two before it's all said and done. We hope you'll enjoy our visit with Mike Zadek. Well, Mike, I guess first of all, you know Kevin Dresser probably about as well as anybody. Why do you think he's going to succeed at Iowa State? Um, I think Kevin has always done a really good job, and I don't know him as well as everybody. You know, I never knew the guy until two years ago. So to clarify that, but um, just seeing his track record on on you know what he's done, you know, in his individual life when he was at Iowa, he was a national champion. You know, so he reached the pinnacle or the top, top of the podium there, and and then he went on to win I don't know how many high school titles I've said, but 14 maybe or 15. So he, he just always finds a way to win. And that kind of mentality, he's not afraid to surround himself with people that he thinks that can work with him and help him and he can help them. And I think he just feels real good with putting this team he has right now together as far as a, a staff to, um, again, find a way to win. Given that you really weren't close before a couple of years ago, how was he able to lure you out of uh, Montana where you were so comfortable, having fun, enjoying kind of living outdoors? How was he able to get you back out of the mountains, back uh, down to Virginia Tech? Um, you know, it was just we talked a little bit, and really at the end of the day it was the fact that I wanted to be back in wrestling, be involved. He had just great timing. He was giving me an opportunity. And when somebody wants to kind of answer the bill or answer the call, to your needs, it was a pretty warm feeling, you know. I never really asked for anything except for when that time came, I probably was like, well, if I moved to Virginia as a volunteer coach, which isn't a very attractive title, which I didn't really care. I just wanted to coach wrestling. And I, I was that way at Iowa for years where you didn't really have that that title. Well, later in life you come to realize that that title means something to administrative people when they look at it. So being in that volunteer position, um, I knew it wasn't going to be the – the title that was going to so financially I wanted to be set up because it, obviously I wouldn't have a retirement or any kind of benefit package or anything like that so to be there I needed I needed a good income I needed to make sure I was had enough to put a little bit away for retirement and take care of my insurance things like that that and being able to coach wrestling not just be a person in the room and he not only did what he said he would do he did it even even uh, more so than he said. So to me, he gave me a lot of flexibility and trust in that when somebody trusts me, you got me because uh, I'm very, very loyal. So he showed it to me and he's been flexible and and uh, he's liked, I think, what he's seen as a result because he didn't know me either. As far as he knew, his attic was a wild man that was at Iowa and he this and that and he just saw it firsthand and liked it a lot more than what he heard. So it's just meshed well with each other. But you had been in coaching for quite some time, then gotten out of it. What made you, within yourself, have that desire to come back? That was just, you know, the sport is in your blood forever. And as much as it, I've been committed to it, I mean, I started wrestling when I was five years old, and I wrestled and trained until I was 33, and that was 2012. I, I was done at the Olympic trials in Iowa City, and one month later I was done in Iowa City as a coach. So the only thing I've ever known is to coach wrestling and compete every single day of my life until I was 33. I'm only 38. That was five years ago, you know. When that's all you do, and then at the same time, you're away from it. Being in the woods, um, being around my family, because I'm close to them geographically being in Montana, 
and enjoying the most important things in life, and that's your family and, you know, mainly family. You know, I could sit and say the woods, and that is to me. It's a big deal. But I was able to do that, but it also took me from the sport of wrestling. So getting a good feel of it and then helping out with the local high school, that really got my blood going. It really was a huge impact to me. Um, I love the kids. had great. It was just about the relationship with the kids and then seeing them go succeed. It wasn't easy for me, but it was like, you know what? This is like, we started, they had a good thing going there. So I can't really take too much credit because the coaches there did good, but they hadn't won a nat, uh, state title in 25 years. And the year I came in to help them with what they had going on already, we won the state championship first time in 20. And that was just like, it was, you know, about winning and accomplishing something big. And it just so happened Dresser within months of that time period talked to me about Virginia Tech. So that's that's how it kind of sucked me back in and why. It's it's always going to be in your blood no matter what. And before we move on to kind of the years since you've gotten back here with Kevin, just tell me a little bit about those years out in Montana. What was it like? I mean, you, you obviously love the outdoors. Just tell me about some of your memories of, uh, of of those years and why you did it, why you went back out there. I could talk a lot on this. You know, I usually don't. I try and skip over these questions. But, you know, it's funny. A lot of people ask this, and I, I must be um, something that was interesting to them. But what I did is it's actually really, to me, is something I've always wanted to do. I could tell you when I was a young kid, I told my mom and dad I was going to be a hermit in the woods when I was older. And, you know, I didn't really think that or thought about it since, except for here I am growing up, and then here I am <laughs> living in the woods being a hermit. So not that I was a hermit, but it's just kind of funny as uh, those things have grown up. But what I did really is I, my, my family had a cabin since 1948, and it was my uncle's cabin, and uh, he had it. And then uh, my family acquired it. And, and the thing I can tell you is it, it's a log cabin. It's a log home, I should say. Mm -hmm. And everyone thinks is it, it's this shack. It's a very nice place, very modern, nice. But it was, it was, we had to tear the old place down. It was nasty. And we rebuilt it with some old logs that we'd got. So it was done. But it was, my mom and dad didn't have the greatest experience when they built it. And there was some unfixed, undone things. So when I moved there, it was about that time, and that's when I started just putzing in the yard, cleaning up all the previous construction stuff. And, uh, you know, once I got done with that, um, there's other th odd and end things that I was doing just around there to upkeep, but you think of things to do. And, uh, you know, I hunted, so I, I went hunting season for archery. It was a month long, and I hunted every single day of it. And then when that got done, there was a week off, and then rifle season started, and I hunted every single day for a month long with rifle season. When that got done, I was kind of like, and then the, you can mountain lion hunt. Okay. So I had a friend with dogs, that Sun Canyon Lodge outfitting, and that's how we started running cats together. And I started working for them the next following year, guiding hunters. And what we did there is we get on horseback and we ride into the wilderness. It's a 19 mile ride and there's tents up and we have a camp cook and pretty nice amenities, very nice. And then uh, we guide people out of these tents for elk and deer and stuff. So that was pretty much my fall time. December through the dark, cold, longer winter time period, um, I was chasing mountain lion and wolves because um, you can uh, shoot them. Mm -hmm. I could trap and I, I trapped. I'm, I can be honest with you, I'm not that good of a trapper, but I trapped a few things, but I was just trying to get really good at it and then I went to Virginia Tech. So I enjoyed the trapping though and, and getting things. It's just, uh, it was a, uh, really simple it was it really is not that you can go back in time mm -hmm. 
but it was very much like a Jeremiah Johnson, the movie I used to watch and love growing up. It was very, you know, my cell phone didn't work. I could get online, but I didn't communicate a lot. I just, I followed the sport and followed it through internet and I came and went, but for the most part, I spent multiple, like three, four week stints just in the woods building things. I built, didn't have a closet, so I built one out of a bunch of old barn board I found. So just things like that, that uh, I had a good time doing. And I'm sure that that doesn't leave your system either, just like wrestling doesn't. So now as you wind up, your career takes you to the state of Iowa. I know it's a little different than Montana, but uh, it's still a state that really embraces the outdoors. Is that still gonna be a big part of your life just to, to make sure you don't lose that uh, connection with nature, I guess? For sure. Hands down, it has to be. And, and that's why everyone's like, you yeah, haven't found a house yet. Well, I'm not just going to go move into the subdivision on the edge of town. It's just, I just, I won't because I, I want space. Mm-hmm. I, I want a little space. And can I do it here? Yeah. I mean, I lived in a right downtown, four blocks from campus in Virginia, just because I, I didn't know anybody. It was good to interact and it was hard pickings as far as finding a place in the country. But here, I'm trying to look for something. And I don't care if there's neighbors here and there, but um, something just where you have a little more space and you're not right here. Because at the end of the day, I like to go back home and kick my feet up. And you're still on your phone because you always have things to deal with. But at the same time, it's quiet. There's no cars driving by. There's no nobody making a bunch of noise and intersections and lights and that kind of thing. So it'll always be a part. Um, and I've met a lot of great people from Ames here already that are like, hey, if you ever need to get away, not that you have much time to do that, but it's a quick fix. You can, I can get there if need be. And not that I need to. It's There's times to do it and there's times not to. And right now is a time that we need to get to work. And, you know, we'll have some time this summer to get back to Montana and do some things. But right now it's it's just trying to get our feet on the ground and get get moving and, and get some things changed. You mentioned wrestling until you were 33. Seems like most guys are done before that. Why, uh, why did you keep going? What kept you going till the age of 33? You know, I felt like I was still getting better, and there's things still developing. And I had an uneasy, just an uneasy way about it. Like, I, I, I guess I was, what, I won 06, 7, 8, it was on the world team. 9, I got beat off. 10, I was back on. So I was going 10, 11, 12 to the 2012 Olympics. And I felt like, um, even the year of 2012, felt like there's a lot of technical things that were changing in my wrestling mm-hmm. that were developing like things I just hadn't done before. And I, I liked it. I was kind of torn on how to get, how to train at that age, how, what maybe coaching wanted me to do and how I felt I needed to do. Just certain areas of, when your gut tells you something, mm-hmm. you kind of want to go with it. And uh, I was kind of torn in the directions I was, I was going. And, and I think that's probably what made me realize that, you know, you're just not, at, at that point, no matter what, it wasn't getting done. Was my shape good? Still was good, so I still could hold up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my technical side was good. Mm-hmm. It was getting better, and that's what was really motivating to keep me going. And then the kicker was, as hard as I was training, um, and then going out and not having the result, then something wasn't adding up. So that's either on me just uh, tanking it every time I step on the mat, or I'm beating a dead horse, and something needed to change. And at that time, I was probably in the spot at 33. You know, I was like, well, I'm 33. But, you know, maybe the years prior to that, I probably should have stepped back a little bit and, and changed some things drastically. But um, I loved the sport. I loved competing. I loved the, the 
impact it had on me um, as far as your nerves, um, the preparation, the work, the energy to get up and, and compete against people that are really the, the best people. So I, it, you don't ever lose it. And you can talk to wrestlers to this day that, you know, you always kind of want to come back and make this comeback thing. You know, it's just that uh, fight you have and you, you're raised doing it for 20 years and then boom, you're done. Well, what do you sit there and, you know, it's like all this energy and you got to, you got to uh, push it in other avenues of your life. But now you translate some of those lessons you learned to other people as a coach. And Coach Dresser's made it pretty clear that he's going to oversee and be in control of this program. And yet you're going to be kind of the almost the day-to-day -day manager of the program, it seems, with running the practices and things like that. How excited are you to put that practical knowledge that you just talked about uh, to use for this group of guys? I'm very. I mean, that's one thing where we worked well, and he even gave me more reins than, than I expected at first at Virginia Tech as Coach Dresser's been very complimentary to me as far as workouts and practices and watching how our teams developed. I like it because, you know, as a coach, for me, I didn't know. I never heard that before. Um, I would grab individual kids and work with them mm -hmm. and see good things happen. But you never got to control everything. And when you control the whole room and see what's working for one guy but not the next guy, it's really awesome to adjust accordingly and try and get an equal balance for everybody and, and, and see it happen, see the transition, see the change. So – this is just, to me, was the biggest thing coming up here is um, there's only one way to go when you come into a program like this, and that's up with where they're at. But at the same time, it's a huge challenge. Um, the adventure of it's going to be after putting the two years together, not that that's just it, but in, in a life into wrestling, I'm very confident in myself. I know I'm very confident in Brett Metcalf. I'm very confident in Derek St. John, especially Derek being there. And Brent, I always have been just from – not because he was a great wrestler, it's just, um, just how he is, how he is with people, how he is around people, how him and I, his relationship has always been. When you treat people and you have that kind of charisma and that kind of attitude, um, you feed off it. And maybe that's the thing with me that it will work for this team. I know with the coaches it will, the other coaches. But um, that's where we're at right now is just getting, getting these guys to believe and buy in. And I think they are. It's slow. That's just like anything. But that part's exciting because I can already see some guys that were looking at me kind of with a cocked head mm -hmm. and out of one eye. And they're like, all right, what do you, you know, who are you? You know, what do you think you are? And then now they're looking at me with both eyes, squared face right into my eyes. And that is just in three weeks. That to me is a big deal because now they're got, I got attention and now they have a little bit of respect and I don't expect them to just throw in the towel at me because they're just not going to, but and they're starting to believe and starting to buy in. And some of these hard-headed ones within three weeks have seen a change just a little bit, and that's important. And that's what is motivating to them because they believe now, and that's what's motivating as a coach to me. So getting to that point, once we all can get to that point and these little steps moving forward start picking up like a runaway train, then we got something going. So you're seeing some talent and some potential in that room? Definitely seeing the talent. Definitely seeing the potential. It's just on us now to massage it and get, get um, we'll see what we can get out of it. You know, some, some oranges you can wring and just get a lot of juice out of them. Some of them are dry. Um, these guys right now, I think, are, there's a lot of juice to them. There really is. And it's impressive to see. It's just, it, uh, to me, I put it on us to, to get what we, 
what they really don't even know of themselves out of them. How important is it what Kevin's trying to do with kind of a grassroots approach to getting former wrestlers from Iowa State back involved in the program, or more involved, they've been involved, but even more involved, and getting just average fans to really embrace this program. How important is that going to be to, to get this thing where you guys want it? I think it's very important from the fact that um, we just had a discussion the other night at the fundraiser we did, and, um, you know, it's very important. A lot of these guys don't feel welcome around here, and they want it. You, are, you have a sense of pride in where you came from no matter what and you you want to continue to have it and you you kind of want to get to that spot and if it's not I think that's where I'm understanding just from the past um in the short time that these people are these the the, the former athletes have gotten to a point where they just didn't feel welcome um they need a little bit of loving and I think you know me I don't know why they why you'd get to that point um, I've seen it happen but at the same time, I'm one to have everyone in and around. Now, you remember at the end of the day, there's four coaches, and that's it. And there's a, there is a, there's a, a direction and a, a message we are implementing in a certain way. But do you want guys around? Do you want if they can come into a regional training center workout or just be around and sit in the bleachers and watch practice? Of course. We want them around. Have them rub elbows with the young guys. Say, hey, this is a national champion here. This is... You know, this is Nate Gallick. He's been around. This is uh, Kurt Backus. He's been around. You know, guys like that. Roberson, those guys, I think mm -hmm. they're still in the communities within Des Moines area. That, you know, it's it's tradition of this program. You know, we'll get Kale Sanderson back here and have him be around. And Dan Gable, you know, that's Iowa State wrestling. It's history. It's big stuff. So you want them to be comfortable here and, and warm and, and stuff. So it is very important, and it's important from the fan base point of view. And, your alumni is what's going to help feed your club and your institution later down the road as far as, you know, our fundraising and bringing that income and, and how they network. You know, there's I know a lot of them are out in the banking industry world and mm -hmm. and uh, real estate and stuff that's, you know, those are the you know, people you want to have. That helps the engine run. So it's all a lot of moving parts. Dresser does a great job. And back to the original part of the question in the very beginning as far as the, the grassroots stuff, um, that to me was just a no-brainer when we got here. We had to create that draw at the lowest level. Um, wrestling is big in the state. Being able to have not just the, the Iowa Hawkeyes, it's been such a dominating program um, here, and have a young kid want to be a Hawkeye someday. You know, we want these young kids, especially on this side of the state, even on the east side of the state, don't matter. But um, we want them to grow up and want to be cyclones, and you have to start them young, and uh, that only feeds our program in the years to come. Why is the regional training center such an important piece of the puzzle? It's a great avenue, I know that. Without saying too much, the biggest part about the regional training center right now is that we have to get these elite-level wrestlers wrestling our young guys on our college team. Just like if I was wrestling and I was a five, no, I was 10 years old, mm -hmm. and I had a 13-year-old brother that was killing everybody in the country, just awesome. Um, he's only going to help me. Being around him and doing what he does and wrestling how he does and mimicking him and following him and, and just everything, I'm only going to rise to his level. So if that makes sense in simple terms, um, having 
the right athletes in our regional training center, not just the big names, but the right ones that are examples, they're extensions of the coaching, and they go out and they train and they're going out and making world and Olympic teams and winning them. Um, not, not that easy, but they're biting at the ankle, so to speak, they're, they're, and they're doing it the right way, then look at the young guys looking back up at them. I mean, they're just, they're in the same environment. They're part of that process. They're, they're helping our young kids um, with the direction of where they need to go. Because the biggest thing for our, our college guys right now is, you know, we talked to them. It's not about, I hope to be an All-American, okay? When we do something, we want to reach for the highest level we can of it, okay? We want to reach for the highest level. And if you don't, at least you went for the highest level, mm -hmm. okay? Not about mediocrity, and it never will be with us. We get guys in this room, and we have guys shooting for the highest level, then it's only helping our young kids say, you know, I don't want to, I'm, I'm here just to, just to be part of the program. No, you're not, you know? You, if you don't believe within about a week, I'm going to get you to believe that you're going to go out and you're going to at least approach it that way. Realistically, who knows? But you're going to at least approach it every day of your life because that's the biggest thing. At the end of our four years here, five years, with, uh, the, as a kid, post, you know, as a uh, student, uh, they have life beyond. Whether it is in the sport of wrestling or they're going to be whatever else they want to be. You know, doctors, we've got engineers, things like that. And that's what I told a lot of the kids that in this room right now, that the way we do it and the way we approach it right now is what will carry on in the rest of your life. It's not about just, oh, we got to win a team this or we got to – it's not about just the wrestling. Obviously, with what you just said, recruiting is such a big part of this. How important is it that you identify the right kind of kids that have kind of that mentality that they want to strive for the absolute top? And then I guess the second part, how much do you – enjoy the recruiting process and how quickly does the beard come up when you talk to a recruit? <laughs> yeah. So the, the recruiting, I like the recruiting process. Um, it's, it has changed big time. It's interesting to say the least. I'm not a, I like to talk and I can BS and I'll BS with a group of old guys having coffee all the time, things like that. But I'm pretty straight. So a lot of the stuff in the recruiting right now is, I don't like to sell like I'm going door-to-door -to, -door to sell you pots and pans or something. Right. I'm I just not that kind of person. I go after a kid that I have interest in, not because I looked at some chart and said he's ranked here. Mm -hmm. I know his wrestling. I've seen him compete. I've watched his eyes when he walks off the mat. I've watched him walk back to the center or run back to the center after a, going out of bounds. Something that I just – you study him. You study the person. And – once you do that, then you go after them, and you build this relationship, and then you don't, to me, it's not a high pace or a high pressure situation. I want them to love what we have going on, and if they do, then you're going to make a heck of a lot more gains with them as opposed to just selling them and then them, him, them getting here on campus and being like, what the heck did I get myself into, you know? So to me, it's about finding that niche with the person, making sure you have a connection. Um, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. I feel pretty good with my connections with the individuals, but then the other connection is, can, do they like Ames? Do they like it here? Do they like our facilities? All that plays into the other coaches. Um, right now, I'd say we're, I'd feel pretty confident with anybody coming in here just because uh, the system and the, the things we're bringing to the table right now, I think are gonna be 
just cutting edge. It's going to be exciting for any any young kid wanting to get into college or uh, athletics. So, as far as the beard, yeah, it's. I just walked through Hy-Vee and had breakfast, and the guy's like, "Man, welcome to well, welcome to Ames." I said, "But that beard, wow!" I <laughs> just, I mean, just everything. Every it's an old guy, a young know. lady wanted to, she wanted to pet it the other day. And <laughs> young kids, they don't say much about it; they just kind of smile at it. Last thing for you, I, I've been around wrestling in the state for a long time, and the loudest I've ever heard an arena, just in an, an instant, was Brooke Simpson turning Eric Volker. 1988 at Carver Hawkeye Arena, just that spontaneous roar that is as loud as anything you've ever heard. And Iowa State fans would tell you the same thing about Ozenbaugh turning Lou Bannock here. So can we get back to that? Can the Iowa-Iowa State rivalry get back to that where we have 12, 13,000 people just going nuts when something like that happens? Um. Yeah, I mean that that to me is a ridiculous question. I'm going to just be honest with you. I mean, I understand. I, and you probably are just feeding it along to me because you're doing your job. But <laughs> but of course, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not one to make any predictions. But you know, like I said before, is we're here to win. I, we're here. That's I'm not here to collect checks and not do my job. And I'll give every penny. I'll say it right now. The thing I'll take take all my money and fire me if we don't. And you guys are unhappy, but I'm not saying we're going to go do it. But at the same time, I'm going to commit everything I have. And I believe in myself. I believe in St. John. I believe in Metcalf. I believe in Dresser and what he's doing. And we're going to get after it the way we know how to. Now, if we do the way we know how and what our vision is, we're going to be back. I mean, we're going to be, the, we're going to be it. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to be talking about what Iowa State wrestling is about. And the old days, and this is it. I mean, we're reliving it all again and want that dynasty back and the, the excitement that can happen here. I mean, it's proved to happen. It's just it's on us now to get it back to that. So, yeah, is that the goal, um, to have sold out? Yes. Cale Sanderson did a great job leaving and going to Penn State. And I think – I don't know what his credentials are for home attendance, but I think they're, like, sold out about everyone. Um but he built something up there. Iowa's always led the country, and University of Iowa's always led. So it can be done. It's been done over there. It can be done here. Um, it can be done in other places as proof. John Smith down Oklahoma State. So can the attendance and the excitement and the rivalry be back? Yes. It's going to take a lot of work. I'm not going to sit and tell you we got it here in the next year or so. I mean, there's, there's a lot of changing that has to happen here. But at the same time, we all know it can happen because it has before. Um, and I think the energy we bring to the table right now and putting together the right uh, recruiting class coming in here, I think we can have a lot of fun here in Ames. And I think a lot of people are going to um, gravitate to the excitement of it. Mike, thanks for taking so much time. Really appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much for having me.